I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time. Episode number eight. This episode is brought to you by BigPipe.co.nz. Who else? Honestly, who else at this point did you think would do you the great service of bringing you this episode? Surprise, it's the same sponsor we've had (laughs) for a little while now. You know him, you love him, high speed, cheap internet in New Zealand only, thus we are only talking to a minority of the total audience. Don't you just love it? Yeah, and don't you... Did um, you just burp into the mic? No, I swallowed into my throat. Oh, okay. It was the exact opposite. Mm, Okay, we'll go with that. I wouldn't do that and neither would Big Pipe. I've never ever had any Big Pipe employee uh, approach me, Yep. burp into a microphone in front of me. Yeah. And in exchange, you also adopt their rule because they've adopted yours of not throttling people. Yeah. No throttling. It's a real group effort. It is. It is. 200 mips up into... Did you just burp then? I was going to say big pipe. Oh, I can't see your mouth, so I don't know what caused that sound. I don't burp, okay? Do you want to know the God's honest truth, Tim? I can't burp. I've done like five burps in my life. I didn't drink fizzy drink as a child. Yeah, I know that. I I never learned how to process the carbon dioxide. Like, I can't, on cue, I can't burp. This is me trying to burp. What's that? I don't know. That felt like a burp. That's not a burp. That's pretty gross. Uh, Bigpipe.co.nz. If you're in New Zealand and you need internet, make sure you go there. Don't burp at your friends. Go to bigpipe.co.nz. Use the code word worst. Tell them we sent you. Are you gonna play that dastardly intro again? Intro, 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 intro. Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakoli One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jack. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time. My name's Guy Montgomery. My name is Tim Bat. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we're in one place for once. It's That's happening. right. We're all in. We're all in the one place. Just like we talked about. Um, we watched the movie together. It was quite fun actually. Swapping notes, swapping tips, things to look out for, things to avoid. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we went and watched the movie apart for say three weeks. Yeah. We watched it together. All the stuff that we noticed, but failed to bring up in the podcast. We'd like look at the. We'd nudge each other. Like, oh yeah. This their bit. See that bit there? And then I'd be like, yeah, I noticed it, but I didn't say anything, but I, I was hoping you'd notice it too. I noticed you noticing it. And they're so unmemorable that unless there's a visual cue, it's quite literally impossible to conjure the image of what we were nudging each other about in your head. Didn't you fucking find it? I don't know how to turn it on silent. I'm sorry. It's, it's probably okay. the same way you turn every phone on silent. There we go. <laughs> Just turn the volume thingy down. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Of, 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 for all the changes they make to phones, that is the one consistent. This movie had me, it had me, it had me, it lost me big time. And then that um, quite cool song that comes in for the end credits kicked in and then it grabbed me again. When did it, how long, for how long did it have you? Had me for a surprisingly long amount of time. I would say right up until, hmm, I'm trying to remember the chronology. <laughs> so glowing review of how, <laughs> how in its grips the movie had you. I feel like I was in there. Um, Evidently not. Club, fine. Squirrel having sex with Sarah in the car, fine. Them getting Super stiffed early. at the cliff. Super early. Fine. Um, all, like, actually, right up until after going to work for Paige, fine. Uh, Still really early in the movie. The party, fine. It's when... It's like probably just before they go to Vegas or something like that. Yeah? Yeah, something around there. That's not that long. That's still probably roughly... It's longer than it should be for, for no. that movie and the amount we of time. We talked about it, though. The reason that it's that it clips along is because of the... It's the, it's the music. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's got... What it has going for it is that electronic music, upbeat electronic music, and it, by its very nature, is like it sort of just keeps things it ticking carries, along. Yeah. That's why people stay in the club on Rat Poison until 7 a.m. Yeah. Because the music just keeps your body on autopilot. It's very... Uh, uh, primal. I was going to say tribal, but it predates yeah. tribal. It's primal. It's the, in there. It's like its heartbeat. You know, it's really it's the mu- it's working on some very base human levels. The music's kind of uh, the attention equivalent of you know when you fall asleep and your body just does that involuntary jolt. Yeah, it's like Ooh, that it's, kind of falling. Yeah, thing. yeah. So the music is that jolt to be like you're still watching a movie. Oh yeah, you're yeah. still alive. Yeah. So then, what is the shit music that starts coming in where I I lose it? If this movie had different music, it would be so much worse. You downloaded the soundtrack. Yeah, I did. Listened to it on Spotify. Went for a run with it on, actually. I was I went full Zuccoli. Yeah, that is some intense research. Full Zuccoli. What were you thinking about when you were running to this music? Um I was just trying to trying to go to the distance. It was being like cake. You were just focusing just on distance, you were just, going for speed. Just focusing I was all alone on. in my hour of need, because you're in Australia. We don't run together. We just watched the film together, but that was all. Or you, you, it didn't like you weren't thinking about making a track or anything. You were just like, <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about making a track. Well, I was f- running away, listening to. I like the idea that you run to the you. I like the amount of research you're doing mm. by going running to the "We Are Your Friends" soundtrack. That's it's, exactly what Zac Efron does. Some of them are clunkers, but a lot of them are good tracks. What stands out to you? As- I can't remember the titles of any of them. But that one that comes on for the end credits, is it called Sunlight? I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but that's a that's a banging track. It's a good track. All of your praise for for the movie and then also the soundtrack, uh, I feel like it's your enjoyment of it is so relative. Because like when you're talking about the movie, you're like, yeah, I was enjoying it, and then you can't remember anything about it. And the yep. soundtrack, can't remember anything about it. Yep. So True. You're measuring how <laughs> good it is against itself. Yeah. I guess that's, if, if anything, that is exactly what the podcast is. Yeah, precisely. You've You're really living it though. Onto it. It's sort of it's creeping into your life outside of the microphone. Yeah, which is not good. That's not a good territory to be in. It took right up until season three. I feel like for the first two seasons, we've been very good at being safe and keeping ourselves um, just good and happy and safe. 
and we haven't we, we put up some pretty big barriers between what goes on in the few hours where we watch the movie and record the podcast and everything else in our lives. But those barriers are starting to crumble. The walls are coming tumbling down. Mm. It's not good. It's not good. It's not a good thing. Because if you start letting a project like this infect the rest of your life, you know, yeah, those crumbly, tumbly walls will come crashing down. I've, um, I haven't listened to all of the podcasts back, but you know, we get a lot of notes on people who listen, and they're like, "I'm worried about you." You know, we get into the thirties, mm. we get into the, the late twenties, the thirties, the forties, um, and people get worried about how depressed we sound. Imagine if that started to permeate all of the rest of my life. So if your friends were like, hey, Tim, I'm worried about... Yeah, well, if, if like, um, so in the same way that I've gone full Zuccoli by going for, uh, I don't, and I don't want to say runs, because I did it one time, going for a run with the soundtrack onto this movie. Uh, but if I just like carry around the feelings that I have of having to watch this film again and again into a time that isn't the window when we record the podcast, it could be very damaging. I think people would just get sick of spending. I think yeah, you you would lo- you'd lose friends, yeah, lose lose, Not a, forever, lose a girlfriend but for as long lose as lose a house. How would you lose your house? I feel like um, if I became a, a mopey asshole as a result of the podcast, and my girlfriend was like, "This fuck this," I'd be like, "All right, I'll I'll go. <laughs> I'll see myself out." You'd see the podcast out. You'd see yourself out to see the podcast out. Yeah. Wait. No, you no. I don't mean like <laughs> you're trying to make me choose between my girlfriend and the podcast. No, I'm just because this just podcast re- is probably going to lose their fight. I'm just framing the language you're using. <laughs> no, more like um, if 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 I if me and my girlfriend broke up, I'd probably leave this this flat, and I love this flat. Okay, yeah, that's what I was saying by that. And it's so custom built for the podcast. We're in this dope little studio. Yeah, right. she's a little glass box, and that's uh, that's where our emotions live within the glass box. And that's the thing, guy. We got to keep them trapped in here, bouncing off the walls. We can't let them get out. That's why we got to keep the door closed all the time. You shut that door, suppress those feelings. What about we talk about something you liked about the movie? Mm, what about we talk about something you liked about the movie? I can tell you, uh, the thing I I liked about the movie this week. Uh, my shining light, if you will, is uh, it was actually very early, and it's always upsetting when you notice. Uh, oh, actually, no, it's not upsetting because you don't notice a shining light to the end of the movie, but you kind of do because you know it can be difficult to remember, so you file it away. And what I filed away was very early in the film uh, when it's just after Jarhead's closed on getting five seventy or something for every five dollars seventy or seven dollars a head so seven, seven dollars a head, head yeah yep. for every head he brings into the club yep uh and then he walks into the kitchen he's on the phone to someone else turtle uh yeah <laughs> he's hung up on the club manager and caught up turtle from entourage and they walk into the kitchen and zicoli's doing the dishes or something and he uh jarhead pulls out a, a jug a big sort of two gallon bottle of oj from the fridge mm. and zicoli extends an empty glass like hey man could i please have some orange juice and jarhead just goes no juice, yeah, and just drinks it himself straight from the bottle. Like he's monitoring his diet, like he's a personal trainer. But I just like I hadn't noticed before that Jahir just out and out rejects Zakoli's request for some juice. I feel like they do have that kind of relationship. And actually, at one point, Jahir does say when he first meets James Reed of the Feelers, "I'm basically this guy's manager. We should talk." Yeah, but he's all over the map because during that meeting, he also bros 
James Reed from the feelers, and that does break his one cardinal yeah. rule of engagement, I, which well, is don't don't bro me if you don't know me. I respect that. It's true. It's right. Uh, but that's because he's kind of starstruck. He's like, oh my god, it's it's James, it's the James Reed of the feelers. Like you, that's a fucking. You big want to deal. talk about being starstruck? How about Johnny Depp's bloody social breakdown in that moment? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, no, we met you before. We, we promoted the oh. club you play at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Reed, quite kindly, I think, quite generously says, you know, nice to meet you boys. They've, they've showed up unannounced to a pool party he's having at his own house, I think. It's his place, right? Yeah, it's his place. And so he's like, hey, nice to meet you boys. You know, make yourselves at home, grab a drink, da-da-da. And he's <laughs> on one on one end, jar head's melting should, down. That, that, is, that, is the, that is the fucking point where you go, thanks, bro. Cheers. Thanks, man. And you go and you make yourself a little bit comfortable at the party. You ingratiate yourself with the guests. They do none of that. First thing. They brought nothing to drink, by the way. Nothing. Nothing but their dumb selves. Jarhead comes in hard and fast and is like, yo, bro, we should have lunch sometime. And basically this guy's manager, so we should talk. And uh, referring to Zicoli. And Johnny Depp goes, actually, we've met before. We promote social on a Thursday. It's like, you fucking blowing it, bro. You sound like a petty, tiny Ant-Man. You're a tiny Ant-Man, Johnny Depp. And that's why you'll never get a role, because no one will work with you on set. If, like, you land some big, huge You're- A-list movie somehow with, like, Gwyneth Paltrow... <laughs> just for clarity, Tim's talking about the the character Johnny Depp in the movie is a wannabe actor, but he's just got no social grace. Yeah, he he'd be like Gwyneth Paltrow would be like, "Hey, nice to meet you. You know, looking forward to working with you." He'd be like, "Actually, we've met before. I used to work in a Whole Foods in the Hollywood Hills, and you came in one time. I'm amazed you didn't remember." It's like just fucking be chill, Johnny Depp. Christ, not everyone has to remember when everyone met. Okay. <laughs> It was in a fucking club where he was DJing. Yeah. He probably met you for a split second. There's no evidence that he actually met. They were just in the same room. We don't that's, see it as an audience. That's not I meeting. hate to add. You pedant. Pedant. Pedantic. <laughs> is that the noun of pedantic? Yeah. A person who is pedantic is a pedant. Yeah. yeah. The more you know, eh? Knowledge is power. They say that, and I believe them. Why wouldn't you? Um, I'm going to a little bit piggyback off your shining light to remind myself of one of the shortlist, and I'm going to use it in this one, which is where uh, there's a couple times in this movie where there are cameos by famous DJs. That guy, right, had no fucking idea who they were until people on the Facebook group kept being like, hey, dudes, you know that that's this such guy, and such and such, this electronic DJ is like a real big deal. We're like, oh, shit. I just thought it was some guy who couldn't act very and well. And accordingly, that's definitely a gag for the Tiger audience of the movie, that it's like the people who, he, who he's getting to cover him or kicking off the decks are actually big DJs. It's fucking good on Maximum Joseph for leaning into it and putting some stuff in there for the electronic fans. Absolutely. Like, good on you, bro. That's like in um, how Tim is in uh, from... Oh, what's it from uh, Project... What's it called? Today, Junior. In Sex in the City 2, Tim, whose last name I forget, is from that fashion reality TV show, Project Runway. That's what it's called in the States. He's got like one line. It's a cameo. It's a cameo for the target audience, which is the gals going out for a night. Awkward times two. Awkward times two. That's pretty good. That was pretty close. Yeah, it was a little hammy, but yeah, it was good. He's a little hammy, to be honest. <laughs> he's a little ham. He's a, he's a tiny little ham, that man. Tim Ham, the brother of John. 
Um, so anyway, one, one of, them, of these one DJs... Of, one of them was born a human, the other a ham. Uh, one of these DJs is, is, I think, the guy who swaps slots after Jarhead's intervention. Yeah, with DJ Devin. Before he talks to Turtle, he talks to the club owner. Um, and so he, he Zicoli's there in the club and he hands off to DJ Devin and Devin's a real DJ in the real the, world. De- Devin hands off to Zicoli. Oh, okay, beg your pardon. Yeah. And then there's that failed fist bump, which was so one of the my shining light. We nudged each other. That's what I'm getting up to. So Squirrel oh. extends his closed fist out for a fist bump and does not receive it, which I don't know if it was, um, you know, if it was improv by Squirrel. I maintain that we should each week find a scene that within the movie that was definitely improved. <laughs> like the Bowie a segment scene. brought to us by UCB. Yeah, called No But. <laughs> That's good. I like that. A clever play on Yes And for those of you who aren't ingratiated in the improv world. For those of you who aren't improv buffs, I assume everyone. There is no sadder sentence like whenever i try to um have a conversation and mention someone who's in snort which is your improv group that you're a part of you're, and i say I'm the word credibility by your improv group there's no way to say that without it sounding so sad there's something about <laughs> saying saying out loud someone's improv group that is just decimatingly sad yeah it's um i don't know what it is it's but- a tragedy within comedy you're not wrong. Because improv's a fun... It's a fun thing to go and see. Gen- like, when it's done well, it's really magical. It's a great I know, thing. But when it's done poorly, I it think is... it's done poorly so often. I think that's the problem. There's and a lot of bad improv out there. And there's there's never a... Um, well, you can't stop people putting on shows. <laughs> there's no quality control. So you get a lot of people going to, to bad improv and then it's sort of... I think, what, I think the problem is with the audience there. You Like, bad improv is in and of itself, probably more enjoyable than good improv. You just have to embrace what you're watching and be like, you know yeah. what, this is, on on a level, yeah. this is as funny as something can be. Like a bunch of balding 30-year-old dudes yeah. in yeah. Converse going like, oh my God, we're at the aquarium. <laughs> and it's the fucking type too. He's too tall, he's probably got thick rim glasses, and he has prematurely started balding, like a very receding Why is It's out of the, there in a hurry. Someone's always too tall. Yeah, and accordingly, because they got like, confused being tall with being funny when they were growing up. It's, it's like gangly they, people find because improv is such an accepting group that you get the biggest miscreants who get indoctrinated into the fold, thinking that they've got this talent. What's your main comic trait? Well, I'm I'm quite tall. I'm I'm taller than most people. I hasten to add at this point that guy is not a small glass of water. What are you rocking? Six four, six three, six three, six three. We don't need to. Dwell well on that you're good at it though i will say that i just want to make, i want to make sure i think you've made your point pretty fucking clear i want to make sure i put that stamp on it so to take the takeaway is whenever you talk about an improv group it's sad we've just got to come up with another way of talking about it my, it's like online bullying or something my no, team of make believers oh <laughs> the worst oh boy to, uh, uh, to coin a phrase from Jason Manzoukas. What I want to talk about, uh, Tim, is one of that we've spoken about this character in passing, but um, it was an interesting thought. So when they're at the party and there's uh, they're at the Stanford party and those two kind of douchey dudes 
uh, uh, being sort of derogatory about Sophie. Two douchey dudes being douchey. Yeah, uh, and but when we first meet them, when they're ta- when he's talking one on one with her, uh, and he's like, "So what do you do?" And it's a sort of it's quite a close frame of his face, and he's just got one of those faces which I think you said you want to close your fist and approach. Yeah, uh, and you're exactly right. <laughs> and it's so palpable and obvious, and and we were sort of saying, what you know, how do you <laughs> cast for that for yes. the most punchable face? Like, what's the casting what's the, call? What's the description in the script? You get all kinds of casting call. Like, the, I know Quentin Tarantino um, recently got in a, a lot of hot water for doing a casting call because he used the word whores. I think he's making a western, like another western at the moment. And uh, it was actually, it turned out to be a woman who was the casting director who put the casting call out into the, the trades or whatever. Um, but yeah, point being, all kinds of... So there was probably a casting call for most punchable face dude. Yeah. You're showing it, you're like, well, yeah, I've, I've run into a bit of trouble with my face before. <laughs> yeah. People seem to not like me and I, I can't quite figure out why. It would have been a heck of an audition because it's just like, hey man, can you just like say a couple of things? Just riff. And this guy's talking and just like the casting director and Maximum Joseph are there just tensing up and they're like, yep, you're good. Get the fuck out of before, here. No, I don't want to see you moments think, before, yeah, until moments before Before they shoot. cast them just to make sure they've got, because, you know, they might, I don't know, the thing that they have to say is, okay, that's great. Now what we need to do is please say something antagonistic towards, like come really close to my face and antagonize me. Because, you know, if you're casting, you want the best possible person for that role. Yeah. And, and what better way to find out than how punchable someone's yeah. face is? Test it. Yeah. Test the waters. Test those punchable waters. He, yeah, fuck. And the kid's got the goods. He does. And I feel mean saying that because you, you don't want to say anyone's got a... Maybe he's just a really good actor and he's convinced us through being so good at acting that he does have a punchable face. But if we saw him in a different role where that wasn't his role, we would believe that too, you know? It's absolute madness that people do have, like, how unfortunate, because people with a punchable face, they're usually, it's not that they're Do you know what it is? It's that, generally, in my experience, I think this is true. People who have seemingly punchable faces are the visual depiction of a stereotype that you hate. So, like, for him, there's something, and especially because it's in the context of the Stanford party, it's like, that is that upper-class, white, only child, selfish, entitled cunt bag that is, like, on the peripheral of your sort of teenage experience growing up. Yeah, yeah. And he plays polo or something, and he's he's just, like, a real fucking asshole. Very insecure because he doesn't have a good relationship with his own father because his dad's always off, like, doing merchant banking overseas. And so he lashes out at, like, kids in the high school or whatever. And he's a person you don't have a ton of contact with, but either you see depicted on film or TV a lot, or he's on the peripherals of your life somehow. Yeah, and his true. face just seems to scream all of that <laughs> by being that exact set of features. Well, yeah, it's more than a face, isn't it? It's always it's a shirt and a sweater and oil in the hair. He is wearing uh, like a woolen knitted uh, sweater from memory, eh? It looks like, I think it's like a pink cashmere sweater. Okay. And he's, yeah, he's wearing like an Oxford button-down shirt underneath it. Very British teeth as well. You know, like a lot of teeth, which I hate to bring up because everyone in America seems to really fucking go, you guys go fucking crazy for teeth. 
shit. Yeah, you throw money. No other country, I don't think, spends like prioritizes teeth as much as America. You it's throw the craziest money thing. and bleach at your teeth, and you chip your teeth, and you get poison in your mouth, and you go to the dentist, and you wind up paying twice the price. But you look good doing it. God damn it, you yanks! Tell you what. There's yeah, but accordingly, pictures. they are obsessed with the notion that, or maybe it's just Family Guy and it's just bled through into R. Uh, because Family Guy's always making fun of British people with their teeth. Yeah. Well, if I was American and I saw anyone else, it'd be like, disgusting. Because you just live in a bubble of everyone having amazing teeth. They really prioritise it. Big time. I've got fucked up teeth because my dad's British. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get braces at any point. Should have. Didn't. Refused Would to. you get adult braces? Um, I actually, there was, when I went to the dentist uh, recent, like. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I said recently, about a year and a half ago, my dentist was like, hey, Timbo, your teeth are a bit fucked up. Um, I, I'm learning how to be an orthodontist. Do you want me to try this new shit on you? And I'll do it like for cost price. So you'll only pay for the parts because I need to do it three times under supervision to gain my like qualification. And I thought about it because it was a saving of about $4,000. And then I was like, nah, I kind of I kind of like having fucked up teeth because it's like a way of going, no, no, there's nothing functionally wrong with them. They just look a bit <laughs> fucked up. And we're all they're different. Good, they're good chompers. We're all different. And we should all celebrate that, you know? Do you love a bargain, though? Love a bargain. Oh, you know I love a bargain, too. I get in all kinds of trouble because I love a bargain. I'll buy shit just because of how much the discount is. Yeah. So, and that's probably the bit that took me closest to the edge of getting it. Yeah, that's always a good framework, eh? It's like $50 off. It's only $100 now. I'm like, pretty much only paying $50 for this like, But what are you buying? And it's irrelevant <laughs> to that point. It doesn't even matter. A mini-disc player. <laughs> We've gone way off track. Yeah, that's all right. And though. I feel fine. Um, yeah. What watch are we up to now? 
That was it? number eight, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's tricky because um, the, the friend zones are like just, they're close to but not exactly aligned with how many times we've watched the movie. And that will always be the case. You got to stop measuring it against the friend zone. I'm not. I'm just saying there's numbers in my head associated with this thing, and like I confuse one with the other quite a bit. I don't have any numbers in my head. I spurned all numbers. Did you? Uh, yeah, I replaced them all with words. So I've increased my vocabulary by infinity because that's how many numbers there are. It's like the opposite of that show that uh, is it Isaac Oscar or Oscar Isaac used to be in. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. The that good looking actor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's an actor, and yes, he's good looking. He's also very fucking talented, you superficial parts. <laughs> I don't know, I can never get past his eyes. He's uh, he does have good eyes. Oh, now he's a superficial putz, really good eyes. You uh, well, putz. now that you've brought it up, he's um, Might yeah, do, do you know the show I'm talking about though? The show Numbers, where he was a cop and his brother was a cop, or oh, maybe he wasn't a cop, maybe he was a mathematician. He was like a PhD mathematician. His brother was a cop and they used to solve crimes together because he was all mathsy about it. But you're doing the opposite. You're like, everything will be not using numbers rather than everything. I am numbers. having huge amounts of trouble buying goods and services everywhere I go. You've, we've just got to put it in terms you understand. So it's like, what? how much is this loaf of bread? It's like, um, it is about a thousandth of a car. About a thousandth of your car. What's a thousandth? Oh, true. Dang. Yeah, that is tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I, I haven't eaten for weeks. <laughs> I don't know how to get food. I guess you could just operate on a basis of when you're hungry, you just throw food in your mouth. You know, you're not paying attention to anything, <laughs> which in some ways is a way simpler way to live. You know, you don't measure shit out. You're just like, this looks right. This, yeah. this looks good to me. There's always too much flour in your pancakes, though. True. Baking's out, definitely. I think you can cook, though. I don't measure anything when I cook. You just vibe it. That's the beauty of it. That's you in a nutshell, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just in just a nutshell, vibe it. vibing it. Yeah. Banging on the walls. That's not me in a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, help, help. I'm in a nutshell. I haven't seen Austin Powers in over a decade, and I, I, I feel like I need to correct that. Yeah, I watched it on a plane recently. Did it hold up? Yeah, it's really good. It's good. That's good. Zach Efron feels like of all the people that we have um, thrown a spotlight on through the two seasons we've done before in this podcast, in terms of like an A-lister, I'm being generous with that term. I'll call him an A-lister. He is, you're not being generous. He is a massive A-lister. I feel like he would be the most attainable person for us to sit down with and watch nah, the man. film with at some point near the end of the, um, end of the run. Zach Efron is way out of our league. But he seems cool. He seems like a dude who would be into a cool idea. I don't doubt that And he's he seems cool. willing to um, have a bit of a giggle at himself and his work as well. Like, what gives you that impression? Uh, I'm not sure. I Because th- I don't... I, I like... It's not like I'm on E or any... <laughs> the drug or the website. Um, I don't like gossip Best mags. consumed together. But when you live in in the present time, you can't help but get a bit osmosis celebrity information just yeah you absolutely know, soaked into you and the impression that i get of zach efron is that he's a pretty chill dude who doesn't take himself overly seriously seems like a hard worker seems like a pretty nice man yeah that doesn't mean that he's you're, he's any more reachable yes it does that directly means he's more reachable how are you gonna how are you gonna reach out to zach efron i don't know 
Give Twitter a go. Yeah. The great Livler. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Do you reckon he does his own tweets? Um, I suspect he does. I don't think he does. I want to believe it. No way. You don't think? Outsource that. Twitter's no place for someone who everyone's talking about. It'll be a nightmare. Oh, yeah, actually, because then you've got to read your own ones as well. Just mm. like hordes of people going, hey, do you, know what they, do you know what a lot of people do to famous people? I can't remember who I was talking to about it. Bully the, them? Yes, big time. And then I was like, hey, uh, my so-and-so is sick. It would mean a lot if oh, you could retweet yeah. this. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so your answer to that is just hire someone to take that emotional baggage for you. Well, it's not their emotional baggage. Well, it is because it's still going. I guess it's lessened because it wasn't directed at you, but it's still within your power to show Zac Efron that message. Zac Efron's Twitter feed would just be retweets well, of sick people. Prayers for Sarah. Yeah. That's all it would be. Mm. We're doing everything we can to not talk about where are your friends are. <laughs> <laughs> you think this movie's about Squirrel? You think it's about falling in with a bad crowd? Tell did, me about that, Tim. I did hypothesize that. There's a lot to support this thesis. Um, I want to put my biggest evidence first before it escapes my brain, uh, <laughs> such as the paper-thin nature of it that it might just blow away in the wind if I wait too much longer. The last thing you see in this movie is actually it's Sakuli giving Tani Romero that cash in the shoebox, which is actually going to page anyway. But that's it. That's like the after the credits scene. That's like the Marvel teaser to the next Avengers film style. Yeah. But but one of the last things you see, and this is um, the only bit of the film that mixes with the chronology, a brief flashback. Squirrel's been dead for like half an hour. And yet we see Skrill repeat the line, oh, wait, what is it? I was going to say, are we ever going to be better than this? Oh, is it that one? That's the main hook of the That's the song. song. But what does he say? Oh, no. He says, sorry, this is my favorite bit, the part before it all starts or something. That's not exactly right, but it's words to that effect. You're definitely meant to remember that bit, by the (laughs) way. Especially after the seventh one. They put a lot of gravity into that moment in the movie. So... Like he said something profound. It's not fucking profound, Squirrel. He's the last... You've had three shots of tequila. You're in a good mood. He's the last person we see in the film. And it's a reminder that this movie is actually about Squirrel, a man who we know is university educated, apparently from Duke. And we're getting that from a secondhand source of information. I still haven't seen that shot glass. I'm sorry. I haven't seen it. Apparently, there's a shot glass that says Duke University he's drinking from. We know that he's been to university because Zakoli mentioned it in an interview about the characters within the movie. He's a bright boy. He's a smart boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Go he's on. He's at the beach. Um, you know, there's a lot of pathos in that moment where he's at the beach with Zakoli and they're smoking a J. And uh, Zakoli's like, why don't we come here more often? And he's like, I come here all the time. Clear my head. And it's like, yes, this is a man who exists outside of the group. He talks to Zakoli just before he dies when they're at the diner about applying for other jobs. He's a sharpshooter. He's got ambitions. He wants to get out of that dastardly page diamond fucking empire that they've got themselves in and, and, and look to the horizon for brighter times. But he's cut down in his prime because he falls in with a bad crowd, bad boys, drug dealers, a lot of them. I don't care what you say. They're drug dealers. They go to Vegas, they sell drugs at a music festival. Squirrel does it too. Yeah, but he got dragged along. He got dragged into it. 
So um, he is talking about what the potential jail sentence would be on the way to the. He's the only one. He sees the consequences. He's talking about how they're going to get five years prison for each hit of E that they get caught with, which I don't think would actually be accurate. But um, my point is, this is a dude who's been caught up with bad people. We're reminded of his importance. Uh, he dies. He's the sacrificial lamb to show us that this movie's supposed to have a moral. But then you forget it because then there's half an hour more of movie, and then well, they you bring learn that back. if you don't, if you just make sure the weakest of your friends takes the most drugs, yeah, you will go on to greatness. Yeah, because you need reality checks, and sometimes they have to be people carking it. Hardship breeds success. Just make sure. Make sure it's not your hardship. <laughs> make sure it's not you who fucking ODs. More than that, there's a scene which is presumably cut from the movie when all of them are getting excited because they've got a pool at their new house and there's a shot of all of them doing a cool jump into the pool. I showed you this. You this did? Week, yeah. Squirrel, there's a brief moment which is about one and a half to two seconds of Squirrel's lead up. He's running well, behind someone. Right, a bit of context. So this is when they first get the house. They're bloody excited. They strip off because they're like, the day of the, the day of the party. They've got their keys. They're like, Yes. They strip off everything they're wearing and in slow motion run in and uh, Jahid does a forward flip into the pool. They all also jump into the water with their socks. Like, consistently, they're always swimming with socks on. Which is, I reckon that might be a little hallmark of Maximum Joseph. Like how Hitchcock put himself into all his films. I reckon this is Maximum Joseph's stamp. It's the opposite of Tarantino. He hates feet. Does he? Tarantino loves feet. Oh, he loves feet. And Maximum Joseph refuses he hates to... Feet. He can't They're see them. disgusting to him. <laughs> I mean, they're shooting in California in the summer. Not a toe in sight. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. And you even see Jandals. When Zicoli wakes up, when he's in Jandals. Oh, yeah, you see, sand, house, you see you Sandals. See yeah. The Any, Im- anywho, so, um, sorry, I railroaded your own retelling of this, but it's in slow motion, and there's cool flips and dives that they're doing into the pool, and the last oh, yeah. person to get in... Is our man Squirrel. Yeah, much like they don't show a bit. There's a lot of foreshadowing here. Much like they don't show that Squirrel gets a bedroom in the house because he will inevitably die because he is the weakest and he's fallen with a bad crowd. They don't really give him his own individual frame for the jump. He's in the background of someone else jumping into the pool and he's trying to sprint, but his pants haven't... You know when you're taking off your pants and like you wind up with them completely inside out, off all of you except from... like. Three quarters your down ankles. your shin down. Yeah, your yeah. Sh- like the bottom of your shin into your ankles and you trip over your pants and you see Squirrel at a sprint in this exact predicament absolutely about to trip over his trousers. One half of one second away from absolutely nailing himself onto the concrete ground and then they just cut to the party quickly. Squirrel becomes concussed. Yes, they this tell is what we don't see. He shouldn't party, he shouldn't take the drugs that night, mm. but there's no way he's going to miss this opportunity. It's the party of a lifetime. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, theories that you can hang off of Squirrel and his presence in the film. I reckon tons of stuff's been cut out of the, the version that we see. Another thing I asked you, Tim, and mm-hmm. you had a good theory on, was um, who's Johnny Depp's friends within the group? He doesn't, like, you never, everyone else has one-on-one time with each other. There's a connection. Yeah. There's a connective tissue. I just feel like he's that one dude in the group that no one's super fucking stoking on, but it's, you know... It's like if the three of them get together, it's like, oh yeah, we should bring Johnny Depp too because he's, you know. Why is that? Just it. because of, they've been friends for so long, it's like you can't. Yeah, you I, can't. I feel like he went to high school with at least one of them and just kind of fell into their four, their foursome, and now it's it's just too. It'd be too awkward to explain to him if he didn't get invited to stuff. So they're just like, oh, we'll just fucking put up with him. 
He's such a brooding, intense dude as well. He's probably capable of murder, to be honest. I wouldn't want to leave him out of the party. One of those classic guys who looks like there's a lot, like he's got such brooding eyes. It looks like there's something happening. But if you talk to him for longer than five minutes, you'd realize there's just nothing except for like an assortment of cool whistles. They're the most dangerous people, though, like vacant behind a veneer of psychopathy. Like even when, uh, so I think we should expand on this because you said also, or for instance, at the party, uh, Jarhead. It's going to be Jarhead. Jarhead will be Jarhead. People, you got to take him or leave him. Yeah. Some people will like him. Some people won't like him. Yeah. There's nothing for it. Yeah. He is entirely his own person. Yeah. And, and there's something lovable about that. Yeah. And he's got a good heart. We see a lot of examples of this. Yeah. Look, I'm still not convinced about Jarhead, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Uh, and so when Jarhead gets a hot head, and a very funny shot also, look out just before Jarhead tackles uh, a guy in a blazer into the pool at James Reed from the Feelers Party. You can see for, for daring to question the claim that the greatest sushi, a Japanese dish on planet, Earth, oh sorry, in the Western Hemisphere, is located in a strip mall. One of the four main hemispheres. Ugh. Uh, anyway, yeah, and so he tackles this guy into the pool, and mm. it's a bit of a scene. And then Squirrel like is like, oh, I'm going to have to go and clean this up, and he jumps in the pool. And every time he does that, I always think that Squirrel isn't trying to break up the fight. He's trying to create the illusion of activity in the pool. Yeah. Like it's like he's a red oh, herring. Oh, you might think it's a fight, but no, no, we're yeah. just having a good so, time. So like he jumps in and starts yelling out Marco, and then suddenly everyone's <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, we're just we're all because uh, you know we've been at this party, we've been dancing, it's hot, but no one's been using the pool. So it is about time we got in the pool." And then Johnny Depp just classic Depp freak out. Yeah. He gets in the pool and st- he's like, "Oh, we're breaking up the fight. That's what we're doing." And it's like it completely undoes all of Squirrel's hard work. James Reed from the Feelers comes out. He blows up completely. He does. If anything, it kind of tarnishes the pool for the rest of the party. It's like, oh, if we go in there, we'll just remind everyone about that those annoying friends who came. It's so fucking hot. It is sweltering. Uh, all I want to do is take everything off except for my socks and dive in there headfirst. That is, I'm just, I'm just waiting for that. Waiting for that moment. I don't know why these guys swim in this. I hate wet socks. I hate socks generally. Like, I'll only wear socks if I'm wearing shoes most of the time. If I walk around <laughs> inside, people who wear socks inside but not shoes, it's, they, I feel it's, it's cold. Odd. I've got, the only socks I do it with a lot are, are socks that are so thick, they cost me $20 at like a rural field days event, and they feel like slippers because they're so thick. They're the only ones I can pull it off They're with. still socks, and you can pull it off with any socks. You just don't like it. Yeah, I don't. that's what I'm saying. I don't like it. I, I I wear socks around the house. I think most people do. I think me and uh, Tarantino are the were the odd ones out. Loves getting his toes out. <laughs> Don't say it like that. I can say it however I want. Sounds gross. I <laughs> I ref- you are not gonna you know shut down my thoughts on how I can talk about Tarantino's fascination with toes. I'm not. Hey, look, you can say whatever you wish. But you've got to be open to the fact that I will comment on it. I am open to it, but don't tell me not to say it. I will never do that. Oh, I did. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> you got me there. No bloody wazzes, Timbo. Hey, might stick a um a cork in it there because I think you need to get the fuck out of here. Actually, I truly do. But before we do that, mm. uh, what I would like to talk to you about, Tim, mm. is uh, is a, it um a gift? Is is it are we Am I tearing up right now? Yeah, well, a lot of people are. A gift shared between friends. 
uh, between men, between James Reed from the Feelers and Zakoli Pasta. Getting sentimental with James Reed. Of course, James Reed. Um, he he feels a. An, he, I don't think he's let anyone in for a while. Like you don't get the impression he's got a Say lot of that close. Again? I don't think he's let anyone in. Oh, okay. For a while, like you don't get the impression he's got any close friends. Mm. He's got a long term live in partner, mm. but that's not a super healthy relationship because he sleeps around on her and he employs her. As his personal assistant. So yeah, it's a lot is. going on. Uh, Weird power dynamic. And so I think because him and Zaccoli have had such a connection over music as well, which is something he's had trouble with getting back into since his success, mm. uh, he gets a gift. He gets a gift for Zaccoli, uh, and it's, it's something quite sentimental. Um, he gets a little sentimental, and it, he reveals to Zaccoli uh, a self-serving gift. Uh, a gift which has, you know, it, it works both ways. It's a gift to Zaccoli, but it's also a gift that reflects back onto James Reed. Mm. And, and what he gets him is a um, a frying pan and the basic ingredients for pancakes. And he puts it in an apple box. And this is a great prank because he sees Zaccoli's eyes light up. Yeah. He's like, oh, a new laptop. Yeah, yeah. My laptop is on its last legs. Yeah. Hey, warning, warning. It's a little self-serving. Okay, that's fine. He opens it up. Flour. Yes. Baking powder. Mm-hmm. Sugar. Yeah. Eggs. Yeah. Milk. Yeah. A two-liter Pyrex. Yeah. A Teflon non-stick frying pan. Teflon, okay. I thought you were going to go cast iron, but I guess that shaves a bit of weight off it. So Absolutely. So you could be mistaken for thinking it is a MacBook. Very light frying pan. Right. Mm. 500 grams of pan. butter. Mm-hmm. A whisk. Yeah. A spatula. Yes. He doesn't get him an electronic beater. He bought one, but he couldn't put it in because it was too heavy again. Hand. Hand yeah. beater. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that either, I might add. Nothing wrong with that. I use a fork. Do you think or pancakes a are a good friendship food? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think of a better friendship food than pancakes. Why? They just serve a lot of purposes. Pancakes are a great meal... For example, if you've had a big night out before and you want to make something a little bit special for your friend, but it doesn't want to be too special where you come across as a weirdo, pancakes is perfect. Fairly easy to put together, but it's a nice gesture. It's like a nice meal. Also, it's a really fun dinner. Do you know what's fun to eat for dinner? Like a dessert breakfast. Yeah. Pancakes. Not a lot of nutrients. No, that's the point. It's like, oh, it's treat day, you know? Oh, cheating. (laughs) What, the, share that with your friends. A pancake lives or dies by what you put on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Def- well, you got to put, yeah, at, at a minimum, you got to sprinkle a little like sugar and lemon juice or something on there. Maple right? syrup. Yeah, maple syrup, old fave. I'm not that hot on maple syrup unless there's bacon accompanying it as well. I love maple syrup. I love, I'm very, I'm very back to basic, strip back. Maple syrup and butter on my pancakes. Oh, you know, it's a, a goodie though. Bit of Nutella on there. <whistles> now we're talking. Nah, it doesn't do a lot for me. Oh, you're insane. If it's a thin crepe-like pancake... Oh, a crepe pancake, is a whole different situation. Wow, they're very similar. No. I'm talking like a like a British-style pancake. The American ones, they're thick. Yeah, I know. You get like a European one, you put some Nutella on that, roll that up. A crepe is French. Nom nom. Yeah. But, <laughs> one of the many nations of Europe. But is, what, is a British pancake thinner than an American pancake? Yeah. Like the European British style of pancakes are thick. The, the Americans make them real thick. 
real thick. I would imagine, you know, Brits would make thick pancakes. I don't, th- I don't think it's like, nah. Yes. I'm sure some do in the same way that some Americans make thin pancakes, but I think the British European style of pancakes is their way thinner. No, but it's, it's not even about that. If you're selling a pancake, you're selling something that's thicker than a crepe by definition. Totally. But you can get thicker than a crepe without getting into pan- like American pancake territory. And that's what you like to put in te- Nutella here, on. Here is the spectrum. On one end, a French crepe. On the other end, an American flapjack. In between there, a chasm, a chasm of options, okay? A huge divide, a massive delta that we can experiment of uh, different kinds of thickness in. They're all, by definition, until you're dealing with crepes, all degrees of thickness are pancakes. Yes. And all the way up to the very bottom end of that spectrum when suddenly you're crossing over into crepe territory. Mm. Crepe town, (laughs) as we call it. You like Nutella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way up to the thickest I like of the it thick. The th- uh, see, now this is the thing. I don't know. I don't know if I want it on an American... It wouldn't be as good on an American-style pancake, but you get a slightly... What do you thick- want on a thick pancake? Well, now we're talking bacon territory, brother. That's when I want um, things like cream or bacon and maple syrup. If it's thinner for some reason, I'm in Nutella town. <laughs> this feels like a good, a good point to end it. I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, bigpipe.co.nz. They don't throttle you. They won't throttle you. And they'll keep you regular. Yeah, with their fibre. Bigpipe.co.nz. I'd like to say thank you very much to you for listening. Guy, it's wonderful to have you back in the flesh. It's a nice time. Yeah, man. I've really got to go. We shouldn't still be here. Are you gonna play that dastardly intro again? This movie's still fine. One of the guys that goes screw. One of them's a hottie. His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.